You like tomato, I like tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. It looks like freaking Britain out here. It's been raining like hell all day. Is raining cats and dogs a British thing? Sure. Oh, no, you guys say it's pissing down rain, don't you? Well, no, we also say raining cats and dogs. Okay. But, yeah, we do say we do say the other one, too. But uh, but you you have a funny name for what I call an umbrella, don't you? Well, we call them umbrellas, but we also call them brollies. Brellies? No, brolly. Brolly. B-R-O-L-L-E-Y? Yeah. That's peculiar. Now, are you... Are you issued that from birth? Like, you know how in Finland they give the mom, like, a box of awesome things to give to the baby? Is that what happens in Britain is you're born and you're issued a brelly, bro, broly, brelly, whatever you called it, mm-hmm. and and you just carry that with you for life? Yep, that's about right. That is how it works. That's that's impressive. Do you still have yours? I mean, do you, I assume you never gave it up, right? No, we have to go through multiple brollies because we get, it gets rained on so hard and the wind, you know, it breaks them. You haven't figured out how to do a, a windproof brolly yet? Yeah, well, I mean, there's no such thing. But, uh, I mean, well, you can kind of get the ones where, it, like, the wet, the air blows up the top and then over it. But, like, they don't really work as well as you think they would. You would think that the mighty island nation of Great Britain would have figured out how to make the world's best brolly at this point, but seemingly not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Is this the show? Because I'm not ready for the show yet. I don't know. Is this the show? Is this what like, people I tune haven't in even, for? I haven't got any of my documents open or anything. Oh, all right. Well, I'll keep stalling then. Oh, goodness. Are you uh, on the proper time zone now? A week and a half later or whatever it is? Uh, I think so, actually. And you have, what, like two weeks until you come back? Oh, yeah. Well, please, again... We're not allowed to talk about that. Have you started working on your thing? Oh no, I've I've got a good outline. It's I think three quarters of the way through a good uh pass through. Okay. Um like so like going through the outline of fleshing it out into a thing. Uh and I'm coming up with like what I think are good and interesting lines. Uh, all of the ones that I think are funny that I that I say to people in real life, people don't laugh, uh, which is a problem. I think they're really. I'm like, oh, I'll come up with this really funny line, blah blah blah, blah. nobody laughs. So that's never that's never good. Uh, Delightful. But I'm getting there. I've I've got some funny slides. I've got some slides of like some things that people wouldn't have ever seen before that I think might be fun if you care about me. If you don't, I don't know if it's fun. Um, I'm getting there. I am getting there. Uh, but it's a horrific experience that every time I talk about, it, I feel just a little bit sick. Uh, just because it's a new thing and I don't really know what I'm doing. Or, you know, you, you know where it is. I'm just nervous yeah. about it. But at the same time, like I don't want to put anybody off who's listening. I'm sure it's going to be awesome, but I'm also terrified of it. Yeah, the thing with speaking, I've only done it a couple of times, but the thing with speaking is it's hard for me to come up with something that I think is both interesting and can last a half an hour to an hour. Like, I can think of plenty of things that are interesting that'll last five minutes. 
that's why I'm I'm telling multiple stories, right? That's mm-hmm. that's my that's my way out of that. Is yeah, I can think of a bunch of things that are really good for ten minutes. Right, I'll tell them all. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I'll do it. But the problem there is then you've you'll, then you've used up your entire repertoire of like funny party jokes, and now what are you going to do for the rest of the conference? I just don't have to talk to anybody. Oh, well, that's fair. You can just chill in your hotel room in Indianapolis. Well, the rest of the conference will be me hanging out and thinking, thanks, screw, that is done. <laughs> that is yeah. the nice thing about doing the opening keynote is nobody has gone before you to make you have to follow them. Yep. And everyone will have forgotten about me because I'm the only one on that day. Everyone will then immediately go to the bar and then I don't have to worry about it anymore. It's done. Dealt with. Yeah. See, that's the way to do it. It really is. Sorry, we should probably actually like really start the show. Yeah, so uh, in my 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 crusade of of Twitter at the moment, I've knocked another one hundred and fifty people down. Excellent. What are you down to now? Seven thousand three. Uh, no, I am currently following five hundred and fifty people. You are double what I have, but still, that is a heck of an improvement. Uh, because I took it down to five fifty, I couldn't follow Edward Snowden, who joined Twitter today. <laughs> Why? Because you were trying to hold to five fifty. Well, I mean, you figure you get down to 550, don't go to 551. Yeah, see, I never pay that much attention. But uh, No, I mean, I, I won't. But like on the day that I took it down to 550, I don't yeah. want to go back up again to 551. I can understand that. That feels that feels like a silly thing to do to so, me anyway. So, no, no snark intended. Is this changing your Twitter experience? Like, do you find Twitter better, worse, different? Can't tell? Um, I don't know if I can tell yet. Because I think a lot of people that I have gotten rid of, I've gotten rid of a lot of companies and stuff that is just pointless for me to follow. Um, and I've gotten rid of, I think, a lot of people that maybe don't tweet so much. And, and that's where like the constant pruning will occur rather than just the big... Because I think I've gone through now and taken out people in big chunks. I can't imagine being able to do any more of the big chunks. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to be kind of like pruning it as, as we go now, I think. But... Um, I, I mean, I, I haven't felt bad about Twitter this week, but I don't know if that's the reason why. It could be. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it could be, but I don't know yet. Sure. It could be that Twitter just isn't as angry as it usually is. Yeah, for for sure. And we haven't really had that much to be angry about these days, have we? I mean, there's always something. Sure, there's always something, but I feel like it hasn't been in a while. Yep. I don't know. All right, so... uh we had a little bit of follow-up other than that with regard to Twitter. Uh, Jeff writes, this is sort of a relay your feels, but it's relevant to follow-up, so that's why I got bumped up. About news on Twitter, why not set up a second account, don't read it, but attach Nuzzle? You'll get the big stuff. Your friends can stay on your regular account. Yeah, I mean, this isn't like... Okay, so part of the reason why Twitter makes sense to me is like my news pulse is because I don't have to look elsewhere for it. Otherwise, I would just subscribe to some low-maintenance RSS feeds. Um, so, like, I want them all in the same place. Like, in the same vein, like, I don't want to I don't want to be opening Nuzzle to check. Like, I just use Nuzzle for, like, some... for basically, like, push notifications to stories. Like, I don't open Nuzzle and take a look what's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that as well. I, I take in a lot of, like, headlines and will click through to stories because they're on Twitter that otherwise I might not have seen or looked at. And that, that works for me, and it works for me because it's all in the same place. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I'm I'm not a Nuzzle user, so um, so I don't know a lot about it. But I don't know. I guess I'm with you in principle. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, that that's what I... I mean, do you use RSS? Have we been mm-hmm. through this before? I do. Okay, and do you subscribe to a lot of feeds? Do you check it every day? I do check it every day. Uh, is there an easy way for me to figure out how many feeds I am? I would I say... Ge- I genuinely, at this point, can't understand why people use RSS. Because... I'm, just, I'm one of those people, which just doesn't make sense to me. Because to me, um, I don't like getting... I don't like getting news from Twitter. Like to me, Twitter is conversational for the most part. Absolutely. There are some accounts that I, that I follow on Twitter specifically for news. Often they're like say apps, for example. So, um, you know, if there's, there's an app that I really like, like Tweetbot, here's a great example. I I follow the Tweetbot account because occasionally they'll tweet something that I think is relevant to me. Um, but for reading people's sites and reading real honest goodness news, I prefer to get that from um, RSS. I don't have an easy way to count this on Feed Wrangler, but I would guess uh, back of the hand calculation, 20 or 30 subscriptions, probably half to two thirds of which are people. So like I have a prior guest of the show, Faith, um, prior guest on the show, um, Stephen Hackett. Uh, of course, Six Colors, Sean Blanc. And I'm, you know, I'm just picking some of these out arbitrarily. Marco's website, um, Brent Simmons. Oh, we're not going to put these links in the show notes because it'll take us two hours. But you know, a lot. Looking at these, a lot of these are personal sites for people, um, and that's just how I prefer to get my news. I also have a uh, BBC American News because I feel like that's the, the they'll find the biggest news stories and not give a crap about the stupid, you know, sensational stuff that American news outlets will uh, give a crap about. Doctor Drang's on here. We should have him on the show and talk about why he's insistent on being anonymous. Although you probably did that when he was on Inquisitive, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It's too bad. Anyway, so yeah. uh, so I like RSS. I ask all the good questions. Yeah. What do you like to be known for? Asking all the good questions? Yes. <laughs> Thanks for answering it before I even needed to, yeah, well, I to just, go for it. I didn't know if that alley-oop was strong enough, so I wanted to make sure I got it all the way in. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I like RSS. I don't plan on giving up RSS. I did briefly flirt with the idea of setting up a Twitter list, which I generally do not do at all. Still the same problem for me, Twitter lists. Why is that? It's it's another place to check still. That's the issue with all of this, is I don't want another place Mm -hmm. to look at stuff. And it's still another place, even though it's in the same app. I mean, that's the the way I look at it anyway. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, so I like RSS. It's not for everyone. You like Twitter to use to to get your news. That's not for everyone. You know, potato, potato. Tomato, tomato. Let's pull the whole thing off. That's a reference that I don't recognize. Really? Yeah. Sorry. You don't know that song? Nope. Which one? You like tomato. I like tomato. Oh, I've heard that, but... Potato, potato. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know the words. If you want to keep singing, I'm mesmerized. There you go. Uh, David wrote in about punditry, um, and David said, "There's no." When I was talking about this last week about wanting to say, get things right every once in a while, uh, because I believe it increases my value as a pundit. Uh, no need to be uh, right to be relevant as a pundit. You have to be interesting and provide a valid viewpoint. Perhaps being right is more important for you than for your audience, which is fair enough. I understand David's view uh, about being interesting and providing a valid viewpoint because it makes what you're saying interesting to listen to. But I feel like if you were going to be respected as a pundit, you have to get things right. And I will turn everybody's attention towards Gene Munster as my shining example. He is an analyst. He is paid, like actually paid by people, tons of money for his opinions and thoughts on Apple. But we laugh at him because he kept getting the Apple TV wrong. 
Ah, and also, agree. as well, people are uh, they are judged uh, sort of in inside of the industry, and I believe outside, but inside mainly for the things they get right and the things that they don't. Oh, I completely and you agree. See with that, that with rumor reporting as well quite a lot. Mm-hmm. You uh, you calling that iPad announcement way in advance? Um, that was impressive, and I, I wish I had come up with some sort of revelation like that. I mean, you rolled the dice and you came up a winner. Mm-hmm. So uh, and, I, and and it wasn't a guess. I mean, it was a guess, but it, I thought it was calculated. It made sense to me at the time, um, and I stand by. You know, I stand by my reasoning for it as well. Um, so there we go. Yeah, it was I, well felt, done. I felt good about it, and I think I think it's important anyway. So if people bother to remember, then they will they'll be like that. Mike, he was right. In fact, there's a whole hashtag oh, built around. Why don't you tell me about something that's awesome? This week's episode is brought to you by Linda the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash analog. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash analog. Lynda.com is for problem solvers. It's for people that are curious or just want to make things happen. Maybe you are looking to master Excel, learn negotiation tactics, get up and running with development for Android and Android Wear. Maybe you want to learn Swift or iOS app development. Maybe you want to build a website. Maybe you have an app and you want to learn how to localize it. Maybe you want to boost your Photoshop skills. Maybe you want to learn Illustrator. The list goes on and on and on. Lynda.com can feed your curious mind. And it does this with fantastic video courses that are taught by experts who are passionate about teaching. You'll be able to stream any of these thousands of video courses on demand and learn at your own schedule and at your own pace. They're all broken down into bite-sized chunks so you can watch them from start to finish or consume them in bite-sized pieces and you can watch them wherever you want. You can watch them in your web browser and browse along with the course transcripts. You can watch them on the bus and the break room in bed if you like on your iPad or iPhone or your Android device. You can even download tutorials to watch them later as well. Maybe if you don't have an internet connection, maybe you're on a plane or something like that. You can also create and save playlists of the courses that you want to watch so you can customize your own learning path and then share these with others afterwards. Your Lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new, I would love it if you would go ahead and visit lynda.com slash analog as l-y-n-d-a dot com slash analog and sign up for your free 10-day trial thank you so much lynda.com for supporting this show and all of relay fm so from looking at the show notes looks like we're doing something a little different today Mm -hmm. so a few a few weeks ago if you remember i asked for people to send in their relay your fills questions because we were getting a little bit light and again i would like to just uh, underscore that a bit. Uh, we have a bunch in the document. We have a bunch of topic lists, but it always helps me know what you guys want us to talk about. So always send in your tweets with the hashtag relay your feels to us. It's great for follow up. It's great for topic suggestions, and it's great for any questions you want me and Casey to answer, or maybe any advice you want us to give. So please feel free to do that every week. Um, I love to hear any questions, even if it's just updates and stuff you've heard us ask uh, talk about in the past. I would love that. But Mark went above and beyond. Mark sent me an email with 12 questions. So I thought it might be fun to actually look at these 12 questions from Mark and have that as the main focus of today's episode. All right. Now, I have not had a chance to look at these. So these are going to be hitting me for the first time as you talk. Awesome. Question number one from Mark. Um, I'm sometimes called an Apple fanboy as an insult online and in real life. Has that ever happened to you? 
uh, how did or would you respond? Am I starting or are you? I am asking you, and then I will okay. I will make my my points afterwards. Excellent. Um, I get called that in some way, shape, or form quite often. Um, probably more in real life than in than on the internet because. I've kind of built an online persona around being a fanboy, so I don't think it's really a surprise to anyone. Um, but I get called a fanboy or something like that, an Apple dweeb, or, or occasionally you still hear I sheep or I sheeple, which I think is kind of funny. Anyway, um, I get called that fairly often. And early on, when I first became a real big Apple fan, and, and even before I had any sort of podcast or anything like that, I used to argue... Um, pretty vehemently about this and oh yeah you don't understand it's the it's the best stuff it's it's the stuff that really works all the time etc cetera, etc cetera. you know oh you android users you don't get it blah 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 and over time i like to think i've calmed down about it um there are some there are some friends and family that i have that are zealots in their own right about other platforms like my brother-in-law is hugely into windows windows phone he loves his surface etc so i give him crap constantly about it and vice versa um i have another friend who's hugely into android i give him crap all the time but um generally speaking i try very hard to let it go and try very hard just to say you know what this is what works for me and i like it and it's got its problems but by and large this is what i prefer doesn't always work, though. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things that I've... I kind of like you. When I was getting in, in first involved in this and Apple wasn't what Apple is now, I would definitely... Um, I, I would definitely fight, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I would go in there and, and be like, you don't understand, man. Let me tell you about all the great things. Have you heard about Steve Jobs? You know, all that kind of <laughs> stuff, right? You know, I was one of those people, like many of us were, like that was just what I did. Uh, but over time, I, I, I think that this has actually coincided with the fact that I kind of do this stuff for a living now. I just can't be bothered to have these arguments and conversations anymore. So, like, I either, A, just try and just ignore it or like you know like not ignore it not like i'm being bullied but but like you know just people you know say like oh yeah you know haha that kind of stuff or you know something along the lines of well yeah i mean or i try and like go along with that person be like yeah you know android does do this cool stuff like i really enjoy using it which is true but i mean i'm not i would give those opinions rather than going on the other side of it because i just haven't got the time energy or patience to have those fights anymore like and you know and i had we had like a thing recently where we saw some friends and they were kind of bagging on the apple watch a bit and i was kind of just like this is what i use it for they didn't like it and i was like i understand it doesn't work for you that's totally fine like that's mm-hmm. cool man like i understand why it doesn't work for you i can hear it like i actually feel like these days i can hear people's frustrations more like and can just accept them for what they are rather than being like you don't understand man like this is life-changing and stuff like i don't i don't i just don't feel that way anymore i just think that that time of my life has has passed a little bit but you know the the term fanboy just feels so old now like yep it just is like really like are we still having this conversation yeah, yeah, and speaking of, that's a perfect segue. So Joe Steele was in the chat, and um, he had asked me when Marco started using Max before you, which dismissive names did you call him? And he said that just to be funny, but I pointed out to him that uh, he can look for himself, and we'll put a link in the show notes. 
when I still had, well, I mean, I still do have a Tumblr blog, but I, I don't post to it anymore. Um, but when I was actively posting to it, uh, Marco and I went back and forth publicly about how I thought Macs were stupid. And this was in February of 2008. Um, if you fast forward through all of these posts, which I always tagged switch. And so the link in the show notes will basically take you through each of these posts. Um, in February 2008, if I remember correctly, I was making fun of him and said, Joe Steele found this quote. And this is me writing. That said, one of, can one of these fanboys explain to me what, what makes Apple computers any better than a PC set up by an intelligent user? That was me, roundabouts of February 2008. If you follow these posts through, I think it was June of 2008, um, you will find that I eventually bought my first Polybook, uh, my first MacBook, in, four months later. So clearly, I had a change of heart. But um, if you want to see an example of somebody just being belligerent about it, but f against Apple, just look to me in 2008, and we'll put that link in the show notes. I, I remember we were here, uh, over the course of this show, we have been on this site a few times yeah. for various things. It's a historical record of me 10 years ago, almost. Can you talk about a time an Apple device has frustrated you? Um, absolutely. I don't know if it was uh, Discovery D that caused the problem, oh. but, um, <laughs> that, that straw man again, well, no, hear, hear me out for a second. I'm not convinced that was the issue. However, the issue that I had did appear to coincide with the discovery D saga. And the issue I had was that my Apple TV, which I loved, uh, and I said loved accidentally, but I think that's kind of true. Actually, my Apple TV, which I loved, um, I couldn't reliably airplay it, airplay to it to save my life. And I always assumed it was a Wi-Fi issue. Um, my office where our, our airport extreme is, is roughly in the center of the house on the top floor. The entertainment center with TV and stuff and the Apple TV is on one extreme side of the house on an exterior wall. Really not that far. We don't have a remarkably large house. In fact, I would say we have an average sized house. But nevertheless, I always assumed it was Wi-Fi. And I couldn't airplay to that thing to save my life. Around this time was when I got my Fire TV stick, which I freaking love. And around the time, give or take, that Discovery D went away and they brought back MDNS Responder, things seemed to clear up. Just because this was a roughly coincident, does not, co coincident, coincident, whatever. Anyway, just because it happened at roughly the same time doesn't mean that they, that was actually the cause. I'm just saying it seems like a similar time frame. So now I actually can airplay to my Apple TV, no problem. And, I, and I'm falling back in love with it. But God, for the longest time, I couldn't do it. And it drove me bananas. What about you? If you've listened to episode 55 and 56 of Upgrade... The last two weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, you were feisty. I've just had... Oh, I, my main problem right now is is something is broken in iCloud and I cannot fix it. And if you did listen to, to uh, episode 56 of Upgrade where I was like, I hope that it's going to work, iCloud backup's broken again for me. Yeah, <laughs> Fixed it. It's broken again. Uh, so we're just going to keep playing this game, me and Apple, until they fix it. Uh, because I really, I mean, you know, I know I can back up to my Mac, and I am, like, I am backing up to the Mac, but, you know, Apple, we only went back to the Mac that one time, and nobody wants to do it again. <laughs> Even oh, you guys goodness. didn't like it that much. Yeah, well, that's all right. All right, what else? 
What was your introduction to technology in general? What got you interested enough to make you who you are today? You know, it's funny. Um, most of these questions I ended up covering during my CocoConf talk in a, in a roundabout way. And that talk is not available publicly. So even if Mark wanted to, to, to watch it, he couldn't because it, it wasn't recorded or anything. Um, but what I Except said, in the minds of the people that were there in person to see it happen. And it's burned into every one of them, I'm quite sure. <laughs> but, um, but what I had talked about um, during, that, during that discussion was when I was really little, I wanted to play games on my dad's PC. And I wanted to be able to start games, and they were stored in different directories. And this was during the DOS era, so it was all in the command line. And... I could never figure out how to do anything. And then occasionally I would want to do something in DOS and I couldn't figure out how to do it. And I would ask my dad, hey, how do you do this? Hey, can I play this? Hey, can I play that? Oh, I'm done with this one. Can I play this other one? And eventually out of frustration, because I was just badgering him with questions, out of frustration, he says, you know what? Just, uh, just, just read the book. And I was like, what? He said, no, here, read the, read the stupid book. And he hands me the DOS user's manual. RTFM, right? Yep. And I was, I would say, eight-ish. And I read the DOS book. <laughs> and, that is great bedtime reading for yeah, an eight-year-old. Well, whatever. And that's uh, how you get started, though, man. Get them young. That's how I got started. And so, and I mean, I'm, I might have been older. I might have been younger. If anything, I was probably older. But one way or another, when I was very young, I read the DOS book, and I realized, oh, I can accomplish things with this. I, I understand this. It's a DOS system. I know this. Um, so anyway, so I started to really get into computers at that point, and. It fast forward a little bit further, and this was during the era when either the 386 or the 486 was like the hot processor at the time. Well, my dad had an old original IBM PC with an 8088 in it, and he ended up putting that in my room. And I remember it had two five and a half inch, five and a quarter inch. I always got it backwards. Five and a quarter inch um, floppies in it, and it had an external, I believe, 10, 10 megabyte hard drive, which was amazing. And what I ended up doing was writing this like super complex, like auto exec bat menu system. So it would boot into this menu and it, and I would do like a for games and then C for the game I wanted and blah, blah, blah. And I was, I oh God, I thought I was so cool. It had like borders made with like ASCII art. And, uh, I remember vividly loving the red background with yellow text, which if I saw now would make me want to cry. Oh. Um, yeah, exactly. But that's what I did, and that's how I spent my time for the longest time. And it just always kind of continued from there, including through uh, Marco and I um, writing a choose-your-own-adventure game in Visual Basic 1. I don't remember to this day how I came upon Visual Basic 1 because I assure you I came upon it. Um, and this was, I believe— Stumbled, you would say. You would stumbled, exactly. And I think this you was— You were walking down a street somewhere and a, a van— drove past and a copy fell off the back. It was the weirdest thing. It was so peculiar. So I picked up those three and a half inch discs. God, I hope I have that right. And, uh, and sure enough, it had Visual Basic 1 on it. Um, but yeah, I somehow ended up with that. I also had a QBasic compiler. Like Basic came with, with pretty much every DOS installation, but this one actually built executables, which was amazing. Um, I, I don't remember how I came upon that because again, this was pre-internet, so who knows how I found them. But anyway, um, but Mark and I wrote a Choose Your Own Adventure game in Visual Basic 1 over one summer. And... Uh, I wish I had it to this day. I don't, but that I, that was what I was doing when I was like 12 or 14 or something like that. I just have always been a nerd ever since that day. Dad said, just read the book. So I don't know for sure where my current like 
love affair started. Like, you know, I really got into things in a big way when I got my first iPod, but I was reading Apple blogs and stuff prior to that point, but I don't know where that came from. But I remember as a kid, um, I was, you know, kind of fascinated by going to my uncle's house because he, I mean, he worked, he was an executive, he still is an executive in a telecoms company, so he always was kind of had technology in the house. Um, like, that was where the internet was for me when I was, like, a, a younger kid. Like, when, you know, in, in the early 90s, right? He was the only person I knew that had the internet uh, and you had to dial up or whatever um, to use it, which was fun. Uh, and I remember we always would have, like, the computers that he was done with, like, he would just hand them to us because we didn't have internet at home. It was just, like, whatever. We was tooling around with them. And I remember that every computer we had at home would meet the same fate, which was I took it apart one day, put it back together, and it just never worked again. <laughs> right, so that was just something I remember as a kid. Like I, you know, I remember. I know that he had Macs. I don't know what they were. I know they were beige, and I know that they were like, for the most part, like dark screens and green text type scenarios. You know, um, and then I guess they went into like the graphical user interfaces. Like I remember all of those being a little kid. Uh, and, you know, I know that it would upset Stephen to, to know that I took those computers apart as well and broke them. Because <laughs> I remember one we had, it was a laptop of some description uh, because I will never forget a uh, a folder with a question mark on it. Okay. I tried to boot it up. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was that was what happened. I tried to boot it up and it was a folder with a question mark on it. And I also remember uh, a sad Mac as well. I have a feeling you and I have both seen a few Sad Macs in our day. Mm-hmm. But mine was always when I was a kid because I used to just take these things to pieces and could never put them apart again. That's awesome. All right, what's next? When I was a kid, I couldn't wait to get home from school and... Play on the computer. Yes. Yeah, Occasionally here. play video games. Like When I was really little, up until the Nintendo 64... Uh, up to and including the Nintendo 64, I was a huge Nintendo fan. Like, I could have been on virtual during that era. Now, not a chance. But um, I used to love Nintendo. I used to play all sorts of different Nintendo games. Um, I spent an inordinate amount of time playing Mega Man. I don't remember which one or ones back in the day. All the Super Mario Brothers games. Um, I loved Ocarina of Time on Nintendo 64. I loved Wave Race. I still think that was an amazing game. Um, obviously, the the regulars like GoldenEye and um, Mario Kart and, and gosh, I don't remember what else. But I used to play just ridiculous amounts of Nintendo and play on the computer for sure. Yeah, I think I was pretty much the same. I maybe skewed a little bit more video games than you. Mm, I think that's probably fair. I mean, I did play. You'd be you would be stunned how much how much time I spent playing video games. But I still think you're right. Uh, next question. This is a good one. I always like this one. Uh, who would you like to play you in the Relay FM movie? I like that it's like a given. You know that there will be one. <laughs> now these questions are hard, so I will answer first. Fill this one, Casey, to give you a little bit more time. Okay. I have like two people, and and for me, it's like an age thing. So maybe they would both play me, even though neither of them look alike. I just like them both. Uh, either Joseph Gordon-Levitt, mm, solid choice. I I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt a lot. Um, and then I mean, if I was just gonna go like super uh, arrogant on this, just and it's and it's not for any reason other than. He is probably my single favorite actor. Uh, I would like Leonardo DiCaprio. 
Nice. <laughs> I mean, you know, go big or go home, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's never won an Oscar. How? Did you know that? Uh, yeah, I think I did know that, and that is ridiculous. Oh, it makes me. It make it just breaks my heart every time. Yeah, that, that is the insane. man deserves an Oscar. It just you know, performance after performance. Mm-hmm. He's in so many of my favorite movies. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big DiCaprio fan, and I think he deserves an Oscar. But more than that, more than that, he deserves the real accolade of playing me <laughs> uh, in a movie. <laughs> I would maybe also throw like Michael Sarah in there. I was I mean, actually I, thinking I, the same thing for myself, but yeah, yeah, it's a good call. Uh, I like Sarah. I love him and Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, quick aside, are you thumbs up or thumbs down on Inception? When I first saw it, I was like, this is amazing. So again, I was like, this is confusing. Yeah, um, that's fair. I still think it's amazing. and I, uh, I think it's one of those movies like Interstellar that like I haven't in seen that the one yet. cinema is a masterpiece because it is a beautiful or like avatar right like in the cinema because it is like you know you've got all the music and the stunning visuals but i think like at home on the tv it's maybe just not as not as big right mm-hmm. so it just, it, it just can't live up to that original experience it's funny you say that so when avatar came out and everyone was like oh my god this is the best movie ever i didn't really get the hype and i eventually saw it at home and no, thought, the 3D. It was all about the 3D. The story yeah. and, and everything else, for me anyway, just sucked. But the 3D experience was incredible. Uh, very well could be. But I saw it at home, and I thought Avatar was okay. Definitely did not live up to the hype. Then around the same time or a little bit later, I don't remember the timeline, Inter- uh, not Interstellar, um, Inception came out, and everyone was like, oh, my God, that's the best movie ever. And I was oh, God, here we go again with the best movie ever. And I hadn't realized yet that I, like, freaking love Christopher Nolan movies. So um, I eventually, like a year or two after it came out, I eventually watched Inception. And did you know, Mike, that that's, like, the best movie ever? <laughs> As it turns out, I freaking love that movie. Do you? Uh, yeah. Oh, God, I love Inception. Have you seen? Oh, I can't think of the name of it. So it's not even worth talking. The about. The one with the magicians, which is also I'm drawing a blank on the name the as well. The Prestige. Yes. Oh, what a great movie! Such a good movie. I haven't seen that in a while. So good. Such a good so movie. Good. Oh, so good. Oh God. Anyway, um, to come back to the question at hand, um, who would you like to play you in the Relay FM movie? Uh, clearly, Channing Tatum because we're body doubles. Yeah, I would have gone for Tom <laughs> Hanks for you. <laughs> would have gone with what? Tom Hanks. Oh, really? That's very that's very complimentary. I was being silly about. I Shannon think there's Tatum. enough of a resemblance there for me. Like uh, I, I feel like that could work. Yeah, I can see. I could see Tom Hanks in in a, in a Casey List role. Uh, that's very. I'm flattering. totally on board with I that. I like Tom Hanks. I would like this to be the best follow up segment of all time. I would like to know who the listeners think oh, that's should true. play me and you. And then when we have picked our definitive roles, someone can make a movie poster. Uh, that would be excellent. Um, I actually should answer honestly what I think. Is about- Joe in the chat room? Yes, he is. All right. Come on, Steel. Uh, we're g- I'm going to go to an ad break in a moment. When we get back from the ad break, you need to cast the both of us. <laughs> All right. But before you do that ad break, um, I-, I should answer more genuine- genuinely. Uh, Channing Tatum was mostly to make Erin laugh when she eventually listens to this. But um, she a big Channing Tatum fan? Actually, I do like Channing Tatum, but she is a no, huge but- Channing Tatum fan. I was going <laughs> to no, I said, why don't you misunderstood me? <laughs> <laughs> um, but to- who-, who, would- who should play me in a real AFM movie? I am not nearly as funny as this man, but we do have a... a- fairly strong physical resemblance and that's john stewart yeah you do don't you mm-hmm. but he's not an actor though sure he is he used I to mean, be anyway. not in that kind of sense like he you know he can play a, a part but i think there's a big there's a big difference. well did you not see uh, half-baked i mean come on i have no idea what that is oh it's good 
It's good. It's a great stoner movie. Go figure. Interesting that you love stoner movies. <laughs> this week's episode is brought to you by Harry's. For many of us, shaving can be a pain. It's uncomfortable, it causes nicks and cuts and scrapes and razor burn, and it can be really expensive as well. This is what Harry's is here to do. They have kind of just walked in and they have just solved all of these problems for you. Harry's make their own blades. They have high-quality, high-performing, fantastic German blades crafted by shaving experts and they like the blades so much that they purchased a factory in Germany that make them and they've made it their own. Harry's razors offer a high quality shave at about half the price of the other big brand blades. They ship for free to your front doorstep and their starter set is an amazing deal. For just $15 you get a razor, moisturizing shave cream or firming shave gel and three razor blades. On average, an everyday shaver saves about $150 each year on blades using Harry's. Because with Harry's, your satisfaction is guaranteed. You know you're going to get a great shave and a great product. I love the way that their razors look. They have a really cool uh, retro feel. Um, it's got a, They've got a real great classic look to them. It feels great in the hand as well. They've got a good uh, weight to them as well, which I kind of like. Uh, everything about Harry's products, like the design of them, is just something that speaks to me, and it's just something that I really, really enjoy. Um, I love the smell of their products. I, I really like their moisturizer and their uh, foaming shave gel because I do actually use Harry's products to like keep my keep the edges neat of the beard that I keep. You know, you you gotta you gotta stay looking sharp. You gotta trim. You gotta gotta shave your neck and stuff like that. And I and I am more than happy to put Harry's products on my skin. And that is an endorsement that you don't get for free. Experience a clean, close, comfortable shave with Harry's. Go to harrys.com right now and they will give you $5 off if you use the coupon code ANALOG for your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com and the code ANALOG at checkout for $5 off. So you can get that that starter kit I mentioned a little bit earlier on for just $10. So that's ANALOG at checkout. Thank you so much to Harry's for sponsoring this week's episode. Harry's, start shaving better today. All right, so real-time follow-up from the chat room. Joe Steele has weighed in and has said that he would rather cast me as, or Colin Hanks as me rather than Tom Hanks, which I still think is acceptable. And to be honest, probably a more solid choice anyway. Yeah, that is a much better choice. I'm happy that that, uh, Joe could see where I was going with the Hanks. So he's gone with uh, with Colin, who's his son, isn't he? I believe that's correct. Yeah, but yeah, also a good actor, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Nothing mm-hmm. to be sneezed at, and looks an alarming amount like Tom Hanks. Like I know that <laughs> I know that there tends to be like resemblance between uh, parents and children, but it is kind of alarming to me how much he kind of looks like Tom Hanks. So much so, like the first time I saw him, I was like, "That guy really looks like Tom Hanks," and then saw who he was in the credits. It's like, ah, okay. uh, go figure. No, uh, fair enough. And uh, Joe has said that he is not sure when it comes to you, Mike. Sorry. Mm. What that means is all of Joe's. Uh, all of Joe's options were he felt offensive. <laughs> that's probably true. That's that's where I'm going to go with that. Fair enough. All right, so what's uh, what's the next question? The next question is, which Muppet are you? Oh, God, I don't even have the list in front of me. Uh, t- you see, I, don't, I mean, I like the Muppets, but I'm not so much of a Muppet person that I think I could really judge my Muppetness. Where, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is the list Oh Muppets? Come on, Wikipedia. Is that a thing? I'm sure Wikipedia has them. I, mean, I bet on. there's like an online quiz like that. That's probably Muppet true. Oh, here we go. List you? of Muppets. 
Where there you go. BuzzFeed, obviously. <laughs> How many course. questions have we got here on BuzzFeed? Pick a song. Okay. Um, All right. While you do that, uh, I will read out. You do that quietly. I'm going to read out okay. some of the options. Main characters, Kermit, Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Gonzo, uh, Ralph the Dog, Scooter, Pepe the King Prawn. I don't remember him. Rizzo the Rat, Animal, Walter. Who's Walter? I don't remember that one. Uh, let's see. Supporting characters. Bunsen, Beaker, Sam Eagle, The Swedish Chef, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, Statler and Waldorf. Ooh, that's good. Uh, Camilla the Chicken, Bobo the Bear, and Clifford. <sighs> On this list, mm, I always did like, um, I thought Gonzo was good. I liked him. Um, who was the uh, Rizzo the Rat? I also liked. Um, one of my favorite movies, actually, way, way, way back in the day when I was a little kid was um, The Great Muppet Caper, which had Charles Bronson, I believe, as the villain. Um, and I made Aaron watch that recently, and it was not as good as I remembered. But God, did I love that movie when I was a kid. I would go with probably Gonzo or Rizzo. I mean, everyone, of course, sees themselves in Kermit. I mean, anytime you're having not the best day in the world, you feel like Kermit. But uh, I would go with Gonzo or Rizzo. How about you? Did you take your quiz? Yeah, I've never even heard of this person. Which person is it? Muppet is Lou it? Zealand? Uh, that is, he, he or she is on the list. Lou Zealand is a tan humanoid Muppet with dark hair, a mustache, a red knobby nose, a rough R-U-F-F, and a red suit. His name is the, damn it, that word I can't pronounce, Portmanteau of New Zealand and Lou Grade, the distributor of The Muppet Show. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Blue has an obsession for throwing fish, which are unique in that they return to him once thrown, hence the term boomerang fish. His catchphrase is, I throw the fish away and it comes back to me. I've got nothing. Sounds great. I got a real great, great mm -hmm. pig here. Woo. All right. Thanks, BuzzFeed. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. All right. Uh, what's next? I'm adding the BuzzFeed quiz to the show notes so and people can uh, can take the quiz if they wish. And don't to. forget the list of Muppets. That's in the chat room. Well, of course. How could I forget? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the next question is, uh, what's something uh, you think is awesome or... Wait, what's something you think is awesome? Oh, okay. What's something that you think is awesome or awful about where the other one lives? Uh, I'm just going to say Velveeta is what I think <laughs> is awful about where you live. That is so unfair. I've never made you Velveeta, Michael. Uh, <laughs> You've made me have it whilst here. That's the problem. It's the it's the damn British water. That's what ruined it. Um, <laughs> what do I think? You know, I have I have I made boiled it, that water. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I have made it very plain. I think on the show, and if not on the show, I've made it plain to you in numerous different ways. And I thought I've made it plain on Twitter um, that. I freaking love London. London is one of my favorite places in the entire world. Um, I, I couldn't put my finger on why. I think if I would, if I were to try to describe it, it's because it's got a lot of the magic that Manhattan has, but with older stuff and people that sound awesome. So I hope that isn't offensive to you. It was certainly not meant to be, but, um, I love London. I love, 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 love London. Um, Aaron and I, actually, this is for Stephen Hackett. We went to the uh, restaurant inside of Bass Pro Shops the other day for the second time ever. And it was actually very good. And we had, or Aaron had really, um, one of the better fish and chips I've ever had in the United States inside of a retail store, which is mildly alarming. And now the internet is going to write me about how disgusted they are. But you know what? Oh, well. Um, 
That being said, the best fish and chips I've ever had was in some pub in London. And I did write it down, and I think I've sent you the name of the pub. And it was in Victoria somewhere or another. Um, And I miss the fish and chips. I miss the bangers and mash. British food is way better than people make it out to be. Um, I miss all the history there, the culture there, like everything about London I freaking love. And what do I not like about it? You drive on the wrong side of the road, you're too far away. I mean, I I, I love the friendliness of people. I mean, obviously, I love America. I wouldn't keep coming back multiple times a year. I think now, like going forward, I will be making at least four trips to the U.S. every single year. That makes me so happy. I want to cry. Yep. So I'll. What will I be doing? I'll be doing. Let's just say that I attend EXO every year. I would like to. Um, I will attend WWDC. I will attend the Atlanta Pen Show, and then obviously just one more. Like there will always be at least one more. That's awesome. Um, Real time follow up from earlier. Uh, Joe Steele says Mike is Scooter, and that I am Gonzo. So, okay. Just FYI. Can live with that. All right. Next question. Are you as sick of vampires as I am? I'm pretty over them. That's extremely random. Where did that come I from? I didn't know that vampires were still a thing. Yeah, I thought that you kind know, of You know, like fizzled. the pop culture vampires. I thought that that was done. So maybe, maybe you know, I guess if it was still, if it was still prevalent in my life in some way, I would be annoyed of it by now. Uh, but by now, I thought that it was finished. Yeah, I'll double down on that. I will say, however, that the children placed into harm's way and need to battle their way away from it. Um, Hunger Games started it in my world anyway. I'm sure there's some other book or novel like freaking Lord of the Flies, for example, that did it first. But in terms of things that are popular these days, uh, Hunger Games started it. I read all those books before the movies came out. Freaking loved them. Um, I've seen all the movies and have at least liked all the movies. Um, and then there's this, that maze one that came out a little while ago. And then there's some other one that's come out recently or is coming out soon. That's again, a bunch of kids have to like battle their way away from something terrible. I don't know. I'm kind of over that these days, although I am super amped for the end of hunger games. Um, but vampires, yeah, I thought that was kind of over. Why no comment section at the website? I assume relay FM maybe or, or mine, but I would assume relay FM. We'll ask you about yours. I don't want a community to manage. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I wouldn't mind having a community. I don't want to manage it is the thing. And uh, comments typically are a cesspool of evil and awful. Uh, although there is what – is, what is the name of that thing that's been making the rounds today? Shoot. Have you seen this that uh, Krista Mergen's doing? Um, there's some – uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I have seen this. Shoot. If we remember, we'll uh, put it in the show notes, and if we don't, then sorry. But Yeah, no, I'll, I'll find it, because uh, it yeah, can't be hard to find. There's a startup that's looking to try to make comments a la Discuss, D-I-S-Q-U-S, where you just kind of drop in a little snippet of code in your website, and it, and it takes, care of the, takes care of the rest. Uh, civil comments. Thank you, Joe Steele. Um, and I guess the way it works is I haven't tr- – uh, discourse, civil discourse, something, civil something or other. Uh, it's called civil comments. Okay. Um, Civilcomments.com. There you go. Thank you. Um, so anyway, so I guess the premise is, having not used it yet but read very briefly about it, is when you post a comment, you have to rate how civil other people's comments are. And I guess if you're like, oh, yes, this person who was hateful and evil was totally civil, then your comment gets – like booted or something along those lines. I probably have those details wrong, but suffice to say it's looking to solve this problem once and for all. And it's 
looking pretty good. The, the, the sample that they put up today to test was some post that somebody had written saying that Star Wars is better than Star Trek, figuring that all the nerds would have a conniption about it. And that's how they're testing um, their, their new software. So interesting stuff. Yeah, I... My feeling about this kind of stuff is is just I'm happier with the conversations happening away from the website. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think it's reasonable to give somebody else real estate on my website. And that's perhaps yeah. selfish of me. That's perhaps conceited or self-centered of me. But I just – I don't owe it to you to give you space on my website. I, I stress over everything that goes on that website. It may not appear it all the time, but I do. And you don't get free rights and reign to just start putting your stuff on my website. That's not how this game works. Yeah, because basically, you can kind of, you can remove the comments, right? But by that point, it's already been there. Yeah, and that and that is an issue for me. I don't like the thought of that, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Uh, boxes or briefs. Um, and then Mark did say, just kidding, don't answer that. But I will actually answer <laughs> that. Uh, and I am a boxers man. Yeah, I, uh, I went through a long transition over the span of the first 18, 20 years of my life where I went from briefs to boxer briefs and eventually switched to boxers. And I've been in boxers since college, I would say. Um, is the boxer brief the one that is like shaped like boxers but is like clings to you? Correct. Correct. Right. See, I wear both boxers and boxer briefs then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't worn boxer briefs in years, um, but this yeah, is I'm, taking an interesting turn. Yeah, seriously. No one expected this when they pressed play today. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm a I'm a boxers kind of guy. Okay, this escalated quickly. Oh my, Casey. Uh, what were you thinking going to Disneyland with an in- infant? My daughter is three, and I can't see taking on that challenge for another three years. You are a better man than I, says Mark. Uh, that is. Untrue. I did not go to Disneyland because Disneyland is a joke. Uh, I went to Disney World, which is the one true Disney theme park. Uh, Hi, everybody. Sorry, Californians, but it's the truth. Uh, I did go to Disney World with an eight-month-old, I believe he was. Um, As I've said to people who have asked about it, it did go reasonably well. But um, I took Aaron there. I surprised Aaron with a trip there for her 30th birthday, and we were there for a week. And I would guess that we rode 20 to 30 rides every single day. Over the two days that we were in the parks with Declan, I would be pleasantly surprised if I count and got to 10 across two days. We didn't do a lot, but we had a lot of fun. And we we were really, really lucky to have been able to go and really glad we were able to go. Um, Aaron and I will always, Disney World will always have a special place in our hearts because um, that's, where we honeymooned. Um, that's where we had her 30th birthday, which is possibly the best vacation we've ever taken together. Um, I just, I will always love Disney. And I'm of the opinion that Disney's kind of like Christmas where you can be in a bad mood at Disney and you can be in a bad mood at Christmas, but damn, is it hard? It's hard to get there. And that's a good thing. So, um, so yeah, so I, I would do it again. And in fact, there's a, 
pretty solid chance that when uh, my brother, my younger brother, my immediate younger brother gets married in, in the LA area in April, there is a pretty solid chance that we will attempt to spend a day at Disneyland because as much as I was poo-pooing it minutes ago, it is still way better than any other theme park that does not have Disney in the beginning of it. And we have been to Disneyland once in 2010 and, uh, and we did enjoy it quite a lot. So I, I'm, I'm mostly saying that to inflame Joe Steele and the other Californians. Um, but but Disneyland is pretty good. It's just Disneyland, uh, Disney World, excuse me, is way better. We should do some more relay of feels in the standard sense. But before we do that, let's take a moment to thank Red Hat. So maybe it's not news these days that supported open source is now widely accepted at the highest levels of enterprise computing. But the extent of adoption is probably broader than you think. And most of the people who... Ru- And most of the open source running in elite data centers is Red Hat. And it's more than just Red Hat Enterprise Linux, too. Red Hat offers storage solutions, cloud computing, and everything you need for application development, all open source and all enterprise grade. The stats are eye-opening. Red Hat runs in every executive department of the U.S. federal government, every airline, telecom giant, and healthcare company in the Fortune Global 500, the New York Stock Exchange, and every commercial bank in the Fortune 500. In fact, more than 90 90% of all of the companies in the Fortune 500 use Red Hat for everything from the critical to the routine. The only thing that's really stunning is how many people, people who know a lot about technology, don't know this. It's almost as if Red Hat snuck in, got comfortable, and quietly transformed the technology business without making a fuss. Sometimes the most disruptive technology is the stuff that no one notices at first. To find out more about how Red Hat is quietly redefining enterprise technology, visit redhat.com. Red Hat. Build on it. Run with it count on it all right so for the more traditional relay your feels what do we have today so eric asked um, or eric said i switched back to a 6s after a 6 plus and i'm loving it plus is just good for some but not for me a phone that is easy to hold feels way more personal i have other gadgets to cover the features i lose I understand what Eric is saying. I mainly put this in here for your benefit. But what I did <laughs> want to say is the idea of a phone that is easy to hold feels way more personal. I get why Eric is saying this, but I th- I think that the 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 reason he feels it's more personal is slightly differently to that one point. I think it feels more personal because it's the choice that's right for Eric. Mm-hmm. Like the plus feels very personal to me in that regard because it is the choice i want to make it's the device that's right for me and using a 6s or a 6 now would be weird to me it would feel like not my phone my phone is the plus and i'm happy with it yeah that makes sense um it's funny earlier today i was taking aaron's 5s which was my 5s before i got the 6 and Clearing it off uh, and and reinstalling our uh, noisemaker that we use with Declan. So Declan's noisemaker will soon be a 5S. So even the baby boy got an upgrade. <laughs> so De- Declan's noisemaker will be a 5S instead of a 3GS. Um, anyway, I was holding this 5S in my hand, and I do love my 6, and I love my 6S. Um, but I was holding this 5S in my hand and thinking to myself, this screen is just comically small, but God, does this feel good in the hand? And I miss that feeling. So I do. I that does make me sad, but I do love. I think my they feel ridiculous because I mean, I there's one around here all the time, and Dina uses the five S, and I think it's like a ridiculous toy phone. Yeah, it, it, even to me, coming from the um from the from the six S, the the not plus, it it seems somewhat ridiculous, but 
God, it feels so good in the hand, and I do miss that. But the thing is, even if they made a, if they were to make an iPhone seven that had the same exact guts and comparable battery life, but in the four inch form factor, I don't know if I could give up that screen now. No way. And that, that kind of makes me sad because I loved having a smaller phone, but I don't know if I could do it. Yep. All right, what else do we have? Okay, so uh, Jim said, Casey, now that you've been a dad for almost a year, how does it compare to your expectations? Was it harder or easier than you expected? It's uh, funny you uh, say that or ask that or Jim asked that because today is uh, Declan's 11-month birthday. I almost said anniversary. (laughs) Uh, Declan is 11 months old today as we record. And, um, you know, it's been different and I don't mean that in a bad way. In fact, I mean that in a good way. But I don't know. I just felt like I didn't know what to expect, but I thought I would never sleep again. And that certainly happened in the beginning. But Declan, we've been very lucky. Lucky He uh, got over that fairly quickly. He still has his times. And God, poor Aaron has to deal with him not napping as well as we'd like um, most of the time. It seems that Whenever it's the weekend and I'm home, he figures out how to make great naps. And when it's just Aaron, he naps okay. And I feel for her so badly because I'm not here to help. And it's usually when he's had a crummy nap that he turns into a crank. But, um, but yeah, we've been very lucky with him. He's a generally agreeable baby, a generally happy baby, generally sleepy baby for the most part. And so it's been easier in that sense. Um, it was weird. In a, v- a very weird early on because he was just kind of a lump and that all babies are lumps. They just sit and sleep and eat and poop and cry. And that's about it. And it's only been in the last month or so, like he was showing, he was interacting before the last month or so, but in the last month or so, he's been really amping up on the interactivity. So in the last month or so, he's learned clap your hands. He's learned to locate um, our eyes and our nose and our teeth and um, things like that. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things that he's done recently, but in the last month, he's really turned in, he's, he's went from being just a baby to almost being a little person. And I hope that doesn't sound dismissive. I don't mean it that way. It's just, you know, a baby is just kind of there and you have to do everything for them. Whereas now he's a little more self-sufficient. We can leave him a cup of water with a lid on it, you know, or a straw, and he'll be able to figure out how to get himself some water. He's feeding himself. I mean, granted, we're putting him in a high chair, dropping like an individual black bean onto the high chair for him to pick up and put in his mouth. But he's able to he's able to feed himself. And so I've really been enjoying the last month or so, particularly because there's more to him than yeah, there ever personality, was Personality, right? Mm-hmm. Like just uh, earlier today. Um, we were crawling around on the floor and I'll, if he's like a few paces away, if you will, I'll, I could say, Declan, I'm going to get you. And he'll squeal and start crawling away. And oh my God, my heart melts every time because it's like, this is the moment that, that especially when we, when it was hard to have, to have conceived, this is the moment that we were waiting for. And like the other day, um, just this weekend, I came downstairs, I was doing something upstairs and I came downstairs and I hear just giggling and squealing from both Aaron and Declan. And I would come into the kitchen and Aaron's on her back and Declan's like, you know, crouched on top of her, like trying to tickle her, like kiss her or something like that. And it was just the most delightful thing. And then two of them are in hysterics. And it was like, this is the moment that, that I've been waiting for this right now. This is that moment. And, and that just feels amazing. 
Kids are pretty magical, man. It's pretty awesome. Yep. Yep. All right. Still, still not close to me. <laughs> Give it time. One step at a time, my friend. All right. Uh, any other real your feels? No, I think that's about it for this week. Uh, please send some in, guys uh, and girls. Uh, please feel free to tweet um, with the hashtag RelayYourFeels. Um, you can tweet uh, in general. You can tweet to the Analog um, Twitter account, which is underscore Analog FM. That's right, right? Hope that's yeah. right. Uh, you can tweet at Mike or myself. Just uh, whatever you do, uh, send in some more RelayYourFeels. And, you know, the worst case, if it's a question that we're not comfortable answering, then we won't answer it. But, uh, you know, give it a shot. But please do use that hashtag, relay your feels, mm-hmm. or one word, because they go into a lovely Google Doc that I'm able to, to pull from for our show notes every week. Yep. Excellent. Uh, well, this has been fun, Mike. Thank you very much. And uh, As always. Indeed. And we will talk. Um, we don't have any homework yet, correct? Soon. Soon. Okay. So um, can we announce what that homework is so people can? Yeah. Okay. So in the next couple of weeks, I don't recall when, it doesn't really matter, but not next week, um, we are going to do another episode of Mike at the Movies. Oh, because you're going to be in the United States again. Um, So we're going to do another episode of Mike at the Movies, and this is going to be True Lies, which is sometime in the 90s. I don't recall exactly when. It has Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tom Arnold and Jamie Lee Curtis um, and Tia Carrere. Uh, it is an action comedy, so think kind of like Die Hard. Um, you know, it's a little bit of action, a little bit of comedy. Um, we are going to be t- discussing that sometime in the next couple of weeks, so go ahead and give it a shot. I will say, I will warn you, however, there is one scene in particular that is not appropriate for younger viewers. Um, whether or not you you get bothered by action and whether or not you get bothered by um, some of the comedy, there's one scene that is not for the younger viewers in in your life. So definitely keep this one just for the adults. We'll look forward to that scene the most. <laughs> I can't wait to ask you if that was true or not after it's all over. Maybe it's just not appropriate for you. <laughs> Maybe. But anyway, so uh, please do go ahead and watch that uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks because we are going to do Mike at the Movies with that one. And after that one, I'm not sure what we're going to do. We're going to have to think about that. Were they the only, it's like only three movies made in the 90s? No, no, no. But um, I'm, I don't have any others that are jumping out at me as absolute must-watches. So we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to see what else is around. Or maybe we should do a Casey at the Movies. Have we thought about any of those? You well, know, no, Casey at the Cinema. That That's what it was. Yeah, I should work on that. Yeah, you should you should do that because I I've subjected you to some good and some bad, and we'll see how True Lies turns out. But um, it's it's only fair to uh, subject me to something. Yep. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mike. Uh, you can find Mike online at i m y k e on Twitter, and you can find all of his other shows, all the great shows at Relay mm-hmm. FM, and you can find me at Casey Liss on Twitter. That's C a s e y l i s s. And caselist.com on the web. Look at you. I just felt like I had to jump in for you, my friend. Nice work. All right. Until next time. Enjoy your brella. Brelly? Brelly. Brella. Brawly. 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 Enjoy your Enjoy your brawly. <laughs>